freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody. Welcome to episode number 342 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the rights of states. And our guest is Arizona State Representative Frank Carroll. Representative Carroll is a two-term member of the Arizona House of Representatives and chairman of the House Committee on Transportation. He also serves as the Government Elections Committee and the Committee on Natural Resources, Energy, and Water. Born and raised in Chicago, Carroll was the son of a Chicago police officer. He is a strong Second Amendment activist and works each day to preserve are inalienable. I'm having a hard time with that. Easy for you to rights by standing with our forefathers who fought for the ideas, valuables, values, and principles that made our country (laughs) exceptional. Makes me nervous to talk about all the good things you've done. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. This is so exciting. We have known each other for years. We see each other, like we go to all the same events, all the second amendment supporting events. I cannot believe it's taken me this long to actually sit down and, and have an interview conversation with you, but I so appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. I mean, could you imagine if we were next door neighbors, we probably wouldn't have had a barbecue until today. No, it's you know, true. I know. Yeah. It's true. Frank, I have to ask you, what happened to the ideas, values, and principles that made our country great? Mm. Why are they gone? Mm. Well, that is quite a question. And I have to say that perhaps referring back to uh, Mr. Franklin's challenge about holding on to our republic, mm-hmm. that he was correct. We would get sidetracked somewhere along the way in these 200 years, mm-hmm. plus years. And, and um, you know, when you think about it, you look at, at the makeup of the current generation that's going to be succeeding us. Mm-hmm. What are we getting out of college today? What's K-12 doing to us? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this current administration, what's become of our enemies, our adversaries? Mm-hmm. Our adversaries went from being the communist Chinese, the the Russian Federation, the caliphate to now it's climate change. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really something there. But there's a lot of insidious stuff that underlies it. And and we need to wake up to it. We need Mm -hmm. to really do a deep dive personally, each one of us individually into what are we really confronted with. Mm-hmm. And it permeates everywhere, it, all aspects of our lives, including our Second Amendment. Go ahead. Boy, yeah. you you set it up perfect for the question I wanted to ask you. When you say that these these ideas that are against our Constitution, against individual and personal freedoms and liberties, that they permeate our institutions, banking is one of those institutions. Ooh. I know Danny goes, ew, because we as gun store owners, uh, we had a retail gun shop until, you know, just uh, about a year ago. And we still mm-hmm. are in the, the firearms business through our auction, pot of gold auctions. We have experienced discrimination by banks uh, because of the business that we're in. And it is because of these wrongheaded, misguided, woke ideals and ideas that are permeating this institution of banking. You, sir, have 
been directly involved in trying to counteract that through uh, your efforts in your your office as as an elected representative. You seem to see yourself and and live out your role as a representative, and I appreciate that. Talk to us about the efforts that you've had and and what's going on with that particular institution of banking. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for asking that. It, mm -hmm. in, in this past session, though a little bit late in the timeline of getting bills in, but just in time, uh, we had House Bill uh, 2827. And 2827 was specifically targeting the subject you just mentioned, being in lawful commerce and having the banks all of a sudden say, oh, Mr. Lawful Commerce, we're not doing business with you anymore. And it could be something as, as normal as you're expanding your operations. You need to buy equipment for your operations, forklifts, for example, mm -hmm. uh, processing credit card transactions, mm -hmm. and being able to have that uh, bank account grow, grow your business and being able to borrow and pay just like any other business person would do. And to find out that banks that you have been doing businesses, business all along mm -hmm. have changed their look at you, their consideration of you to something completely different. And when we ran this bill, uh, it's, it's interesting how it flowed through the process. It just straightforward said, look, there's civil penalties for discrimination. Of course, everybody loves to be called a discriminator in this business. And uh, the subject of the pecuniary matters, in other words, talking about money, strictly money, you as a business person, you run your business properly, you run it the right way, you do everything you need to do to qualify for this financial support from the banks, and they've been doing it, and then all of a sudden, now they have another excuse why. And when you ask, well, what's the pecuniary problem here? Uh, it's like kind of dodging the answer. You all of a sudden they become a politician. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't say the exact truth, but there's something underlying why we, we won't support you. And it's a subject that as a second amendment goes, everybody's comfortable with that, protecting that right. Uh, but when it came to the banking industry and finance, all of a sudden there was some discomfort and since we're in a chamber where we have 31 Republicans, 29 Democrats, and we have a one lead majority in the, in the Senate, it's interesting that as I pursued this bill through the process, we went to, I think it was Judiciary Committee. Uh, it got through fine party line vote. It goes to Rules Committee, which is uh, for those of you in the audience that are wondering, well, what is, what is a Rules Committee? That is the constitutional test of the merit of the bill. Mm. We do that at a point before we bring it to the floor for the next stage of process in Arizona. And it flew through flying colors, not a problem here. Yet when we got to the floor uh, to attempt to do what they call committee to whole, it's a, it's a step. Uh, I do my own survey of my members to find out, okay, where are we at? You guys in support of this or not? Mm -hmm. And we had one member who had issue with this and, and, and a couple more that were a little uncomfortable about it, but it was from the money perspective, because this is a tough subject, especially if you're not in finance. I'm not in finance. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm a technology guy for all intents. There's a little bit here of, okay, what is this that underlies it? But we couldn't get the votes to get the bill through in the 2021 session. So, uh, my brain, the way it works, being a guy out of technology, all right, symptoms or what's the root cause here? And as I started to dig into this, um, a place that had nothing to do with directly the Second Amendment issue, it was called the Wall Builders Conference. It has to do pro-family alliance, all of these things. And, and of course, our Christian roots are involved in that as well. And I get to meet Glenn Beck in person, okay? A celebrity of status, a person who, who's been out there. 
-hmm. And at the meeting on the board, the dry erase board that he was going to talk in front of are the letters ESG. Now, ESG stands for the environment, social justice, and govern governance, talking about corporate governance. But when I saw the acronym up there on the board, it was all of a sudden like, boom, the light bulb went off. I heard about this once before and thought, okay, it's an experiment, it's a discussion. Well, guess what? It's the reality. It's the mm -hmm. reality today of what is going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I think it belies why I couldn't get a straight answer about what is it in banking that they have a problem all of a sudden with the, the, the uh, lawful commerce and the firearms industry. And, and, you know, for your audience, just so you understand, that covers everything from even simply going to the gun range to practice. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, so, so how does this fit together? And I kind of think we ought to transition over to this, if you don't mind. This is where yeah. I'm really going to kind of dive yeah. into some things. Dive in, for sure. Okay. So when we talk about these three things here, um, the environment, I want you to think about it in terms of this way. The enemy today in the environment is CO2. Okay. All right. So CO2 is the enemy. If I ask questions about your business and say, are you involved in something that uses, causes CO2 to come out? Or are you involved in something that produces CO2? You're going to be a scored very low in this scale. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're green, if you're the sustainable people, mm -hmm. you drive an electric car, for example. Okay, well, if you got an electric car, that's a green thing. You'll get a higher rating in your score. So think about that aspect there impacting your ability to get financed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we have the second letter, which is the S. It's, it stands for social justice. Okay. And the question there is, well, what does that mean? We thought we, our country was about justice for all. Mm -hmm. And now we've got something that says, well, there's a specific kind of justice. It ties to racism, poverty, where you're at here. Do you do things to support and promote the disadvantaged? Are you doing things that take care of, well, we, we have right now in public schools, critical race theory being taught. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, as a subject by itself, you know, not to get off track here and say, okay, what about parents' rights saying what their children should be taught? And is this biased or is this fair? Are you showing both sides of the story here? Um, the, the idea of teaching that, you know, white person bad, person of color good and disadvantaged. And so now, how does this lend itself into this? Well, all of a sudden we're talking about, are you supporting those causes? And I'll give you an example of one here is, is here's the, the Chandler Chamber uh, mm -hmm. made an announcement. I just got this this morning. It says Chandler, Chandler Arizona, right? Yeah, Chandler, Chandler, Arizona, Chandler Chamber of Commerce of Arizona. Chandler Chamber supports equality and fairness for all Americans coalition. So we have a group out there. What is this group? What is it on its front? It sounds great. You know, quality, fairness. Sure. Well, it turns it out this is an L LGBTQ group. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we have a group that is getting a special consideration here. Mm -hmm. And it fits this, this S social justice aspect of things. So if you announce that you support this, your company supports this you get points in your favor, okay? <laughs> then we get to the letter G, which is about governance and it's corporate governance. Well, what does that take? You know, what are we talking about? We're talking about our CEOs. We're talking about our board of directors. We're talking about our stockholders, mm -hmm. okay? Those of you out there that you have investment accounts, you have pensions going, you have these things. Well, what are we talking about here? We're talking about is the... Uh, company uh, value system is the is is the um, 
is the basis for what they do and when they're approaching, where are they going? Let's take the investment industry, putting money out there. Okay, are we doing things that are uh, socialist in nature? Okay, mm -hmm. are we doing things that favor these, uh, these arenas here? And if we are, you get higher points in there. But there's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. You see these, and you mentioned it just a while ago about woke corporations. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a book out there. It was, it, it's by a guy named Vivek Ramaswamy. So, I, so I, I think it is. But the best way to do it is just look up the name Woke Inc., woke and you'll find Inc. it. It's out there on Amazon. It's places. And this guy does a deep dive into this whole subject about corporations being woke. Okay, and and um, uh, you know, so Glenn Beck delves into this as well. So if you want to do a deep dive into the subject, that's a good way to do it. Read the book. It's worthwhile read. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's another group out there called Capital Research Center. And uh, they do a lot of dive into this whole business of this social justice, environmental justice, and this government's, this corporate takeovers that are taking place. And to give you an idea, you're going to hear names that are some you're familiar with. Uh, the Open Society Foundation, George Soros's people. You can hear Rockefeller Brothers. You're going to hear Tides Foundation. Uh, you're going to hear investment groups like BlackRock. Mm -hmm. OK, I don't know if you've heard it, but they're mutual funds. They're big, big money, big deal. A lot of your pension funds are invested in BlackRock. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an interesting article in the Epic Times uh, today that came out, and it's it's titled "Consumers Research Warns U.S. Governors About BlackRock's Retirement Fund Investments in China." And it it just goes right here, and it says, you know, BlackRock under its CEO Larry Fink is the first foreign-owned company to receive license to operate in China. So, $3.5 trillion mutual fund industry, Forbes reports, okay? Mm -hmm. And it goes on and it's talking about some, some major pension investments in states like Washington, Florida, New York, uh, Nevada, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Montana, Nebraska, and West Virginia, 10 states with the most investments in BlackRock, okay? These are your pension funds. And now BlackRock is taking our money your money mm -hmm. and the communist Chinese now get to use that money to fuel their economy, fuel their economy. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, so these are concerning things. And as you dive into this and you start getting it, please don't get upset. Please don't lose your cookies here. Yeah. You know, keep your calm, understand your enemy, understand what you're dealing with here. And this, this, the social rating, by the way, just so you know, this ESG rating, when you get it, if you score high, you get financing, you get the support out of this, this, this investment market. And that includes banking, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you score lower than somebody else who's scoring high, the relationship is supposed to be is high score. Don't do anything with low score. Mm -hmm. You guys aren't supposed to be working together. They got to get the low scores, got to get themselves up here to participate in, in the market. And, you know, and, and that's the simplest overview, so high altitude you, overview. Go ahead. So here's one of the things. So, you know, the, the banking industry is discriminating against the, the Second Amendment industry right? Whether mm -hmm. you're a manufacturer of guns, ammunition, accessories, whether you're a retail shop, like we are, whether you're a, a range um, where people go out and, and practice to stay proficient, to be responsibly mm -hmm. armed citizens, uh, banks don't want to interact with us. Maybe they're using this uh, ESG. Maybe that's how they communicate within themselves. But where this started was under the Obama administration with Operation Choke Point. And uh, they put firearms industry on the same list as mm -hmm. um, adult entertainment, payday loans, you know, a few other businesses saying, uh, if you, Mr. Banker, if you do business with these industries, you're going to get mm -hmm. audited 
like heavy, like extra audited all the time. And so the banks are like, whoa, 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 we don't want that. We're not going to do that. Well, the Trump administration came in and said, okay, that we're striking that we're, we're killing that whole operation choke point thing, but it's already ingrained in the culture. And so I almost feel like they're using this ESG as just kind of like a way to explain or justify or, or something, this continuation of this behavior uh, to interact with, with the, the second amendment uh, firearms industry. And if you want to look at the environment, there is no industry that is, is greener than, you know, hunting, uh, right? <laughs> right. Cause hunting is conservation. And when we sell guns and ammo, we get taxed and that tax goes towards conservation. You know, Correct. so that right there, um, you know, w- w- we should be high on the green scale, but you know, we still get discriminated against. And so mm-hmm. your bill, it's a state bill. But what you were trying to say with your bill was, you know, if a bank is, is actively discriminating against businesses within your state, that there will be, or that it's against the law, there are certain penalties. I'm not sure how you phrased it. Uh, That bill was not successful, but I believe you're going to institute it in the coming uh, legislative session. Is that true? And explain to us what the bill is about. Okay, all right. First, let me just address something because there's a couple of items that you got here before I come back to sure. the bill and say, okay, yeah. here's what we're, because I'm definitely gonna do this again. But okay. obviously strategy and tactics are very important here. Yep. And uh, saying the words better than I did, you always try to make the bill better the next time around. And this is very important. But back to ESG, because you cited some things and you said, you know, how, the taxes that are collected go to the fund for taking care of, of mother nature, what, what you know, hunting causes and things like that. We're doing things for the environment. The problem with ESG is it is not a in stone explanation of what they mean when they say environment and environmental justice. It's not in stone what they mean by social justice, okay? It is a relative fluid kind of thing that moves around according to whoever the elitists are up there want it to be. We have to realize that we have globally, if you just want to call them globalists for the sake of argument, when you listen to somebody like a John Kerry, you listen to someone like Bill Gates, you listen to some of these other voices that are out there and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Some of the stuff they're saying, this defies common sense. It isn't about that anymore. Hmm. It is on the environmental side, it's so bad. If CO2 is the enemy, and I was asked this question the other day, who do you, what do you think is the number one thing that is the challenge for an opposition to climate change? What is it that you think it is? And I'm sitting in this room full of people and they're all like, I hear the gears click. And it's like, okay, what's the right answer? Which one should we say here? And I just turned around, I said, the human being. And the guy that asked the question looked right at me and he points his finger and says, sir, you're absolutely correct. Well, here's the logic behind this, if you want to call it that. Imagine in basic science, you're in elementary school. And how does a human body work? Well, we breathe in oxygen and we exhale CO2. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do plants do? They breathe in CO2 and they put out oxygen. So we have this relationship between the two it's part of the life cycle on earth yes but co2 is bad we're teaching it's bad we're promoting this you hear it every day on the news propaganda channels here co2 bad we got to get rid of co2 co2 is the enemy we got to do this so what does this do to us when we're trying to conduct business what does it take to make parts for guns you're talking you're working with steel aluminum how is that produced what is the electricity that's driving your shop? What does your forklift run on that you lift all that material with? It produces CO2. CO2, no good. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is absurd to the no, level it's that the they're fuel taking this, but to this is our... the reality of what underlies the E part. 
it's the fuel for our forests, by the way, you know, so is CO2. Precisely, precisely. Right? But they're letting the forest burn down. We won't have to worry about that after a while. <laughs> right. And then when you talked about electric cars, electric cars, good, right? Well, yeah. what, what is one of the, the things that's used to make components of electric cars? Mm -hmm. Coal running factories, factories that yeah. run on coal. So what, why doesn't that connect to the whole uh, S part, or I guess yeah. the E part of the, uh, the equation? Because you said common yeah. sense, throw it out the window. It's, it's it, of it the is. moment. It, it's relative to who's running the show. And this ESG, I mean, take, take Toyota and Tesla. This was another question that was posited out there. It says, well, Tesla get this real high valued rating in the investment in the, in the market. Toyota got lowered. Why did, why did that happen? And it was real simple. I think it was a few months back, Toyota released a report about the environment. And it said, if people kept their fossil fuel cars two more years, each person, it would have less impact on the environment than if we transitioned to the mandated, we must go electric today. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. now think about that. That is an environmental statement that goes contra to whoever's running ESG rating system. Yeah. And so they took a ding. So yeah. big corporation like Toyota, some fantastic cars. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've got one myself. Mm -hmm. And if I, if, if I, if I, if they said, well, what kind of car, Mr. Carroll, do you have? I'd probably say, we're never going to finance you again. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is, this is serious. Okay. So we have that. And then the, and the corporate stuff, the, the governance, you know, that's, that's a subject unto itself. It, it really delves into strategy and tactics and how we, we implement ESG out there. So for myself, when I'm going to reapproach this bill again, and believe me, the folder's open already, Cheryl. Okay. How do I get this so that the members understand that this ESG is the real thing? Mm -hmm. Okay. And will this bill by itself be the solution or is there more pressures we have to put on in order to make sure that this does not become our way of life? And mind you, ESG has been worked on for the past 20 years, I found out. They've been pushing to get to this point. Uh, you, you look at the portfolios describing some of the investments out there and you'll find a section there asking how green they are, how social mm -hmm. justice they are. So it's mm -hmm. here. It's mm -hmm. here. So what do we do with this? And that, that, that is the question. I don't have the exact answer, but I can see things like, since I mentioned pension funds, mm -hmm. maybe states need to do, just like, like our state treasurer, Kimberly Yee did with respect to Ben and Jerry's ice cream, when he says, we're taking all the ice cream we have out of, out of, out of Israel because the heck with the Israelis. Mm -hmm. That that divestment thing. Mm -hmm. And so what did, what did she do? She said, well, fine. If you're going to be treating our ally like that, okay, and now these are my words, by the way, when I describe it, she took the investment money away that, that is her responsibility from the parent corporation of Ben and Jerry's, I think it is, or the parent investor vehicle that they're in, and took our money out of it and says, well, fine, we're not supporting you. Maybe in conjunction with trying to make right what is fair in finance, meaning we should stick to the pecuniary, the money aspect of things seriously. And we gotta be careful there because the left's good at manipulating our words and our terms. Yes, yes. But we need to get ESG out of here, mm -hmm. okay? And it's gonna take pressure from, say maybe our pension funds here. Maybe we need mm -hmm. to say, instead of them wanting us to divest of, of anything that's fossil fuels, maybe we should divest of things that they want, start putting our money elsewhere so they don't have that access is that going to add up to a lot of money probably mm -hmm. probably but it's going and to it take won't be overnight it it's won't not be going overnight. to be overnight is it going to take time you got 10 states here that are listed for example with blackrock maybe they you know if they're serious i don't know about new york i don't know where uh, pennsylvania is on this as, as an example in washington obviously washington loves the second amendment you can tell that the state of Washington. <laughs> and, and, you know, so these things kind of go hand in hand. So not all the states are going to do this. Some of the states are. 
And I expect, I, I expect, and I hope Arizona will do that. You know, it depends on who becomes treasurer. It depends on, on uh, uh, what our legislative makeup looks. We got a lot of new members in there. And this is why I, I don't want to jump to the finish line and say, hey, we're going to get this bill through this time. I just want you to understand is I have the same process, but now I have this additional thing of ESG to take into consideration. How do I make that work? Uh, in that scenario. And I think maybe that will uh, undo some of the discomfort that perhaps the the lending industry members have about the subject because, you know, if somebody comes up and says, hey, you're discriminating. Like I said, this, this thing with the chamber, you know, supports equality and fairness for all Americans coalition and groups like that, which they're not what the words mean. Exactly. Okay, well, Frank- we know that. We know Frank, as, ahead, you know, as a state rep- representative and your fellow state representatives, uh, you know, they're representing the people of Arizona and it just, you know, I see that, okay, the gun people were denied credit card processing, mm-hmm. uh, the porn industry, whatever, you know, I can understand if the local drug guy down the street wanted to get credit card processing, he doesn't have a license, deny him. But when the people that have legitimate license are being denied, mm-hmm. it would seem like the state representatives would say, this is not allowed. Mm-hmm. You know, forget all the, I mean, the other stuff. Our citizens that have legitimate business with a legitimate license are being denied the rights to do business because they're discriminated against, whether like, like they would do on a minority person, you know, you're a minority, you can't get a loan, but you have the ability to pay it. You can go after that company for that or selling a house to somebody who's a minority, whatever. But as a business, it's like we are being discriminated against and we have a legal license and that's all there is to it. I mean, Chase Bank chased us out of the bank mm-hmm. because, I mean, pretty well told me we tried to get a loan for a building and they uh, said, yes, everything looks great. Then two days later, they said, you're not getting the loan. And the guy that processed his loan quit with the bank and came and told me they denied us because we're a gun. So are they a private business, right? Mm -hmm. Or are they a federally backed entity? And I think that makes a big difference about what we can expect from them. Okay. And what we can do if we can show that they're discriminating and can they discriminate in such clever and sneaky ways that we'll never know they're discriminating. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts to this, obviously. And I can tell that you've put a lot of time and effort into trying to trying to quantify the ones that can be quantified and move forward accordingly. And I see that Frank is trying to get this bill passed and you're going deep into it. And I, and, and I respect and understand that, but why can't the representatives understand there is denial here? We're mm-hmm. discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Why does it have to go so deep? They should be, they should know that it doesn't matter what the reasons are. They're being discriminated. Stop it. I, you know, what you're saying, Dan is, is exactly the truth. When you know the truth of something and it's causing what underlies it is the discriminating factor here. ESG is the discriminating factor here. And not knowing and not realizing that when I was running this bill in the 2021 session, okay, I didn't speak to it in terms of ESG. I spoke to it in terms of money. It doesn't make sense. The common sense of it is, is you've been doing business, they met all the criteria, and now you're saying, you're not doing business with them, but you're not giving it as you're just saying you don't qualify, which is an easy getaway from, well, what do you mean I don't qualify? And you got to push it, you got to push it. It, it, it gets to be, it gets to be taxing. It gets to be, it gets to be challenging to get through that. But then to hear when you say the person who resigned told you after the fact that they're against the firearms industry, you know, well, that. Expressed that way, that's a violation of the law. That's a problem there because it's lawful commerce. The firearms industry is lawful commerce. But what is it really behind it? What it is really behind it is the bigger agenda 
that seems to encompass not just the firearms industry, it affects the, the, the medical device industry. It affects, it affects um, the transportation industry. It, it, it affects construction. It, can, it affects every aspect of our life. And if this is the same rating system, and when I, when I go back to saying, are you green enough? Are you sustainable enough? And this is the value that we got, okay. And the same companies that are in that are investment firms now they're doing business with communist China, which gives a rat's ass about. Excuse me for saying that. <laughs> That's okay. I forget. I, I got to watch how I speak. <laughs> uh, but to give a rat about their people, mm-hmm. okay. And it's a scary thought. I mean, you think about it. You know, they 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 could they could dispose of ten percent of their population under the ESG program that they're running there, and it isn't going to hurdle what's 10 percent of a billion people right okay you do that to the united states population 330 million i'll just use that number 10 percent of that's gonna hurt yeah okay and and really when you dig down deep into this what is the value of a human being back to the question the guy asked what is the enemy of climate change is human being well that means there's somebody up there that thinks they can play god and decide who gets to be part of the program, who gets to be that. And the rest of us, you know, we get the dumb end of the stick, so to speak, or we're outcast altogether. That's mm-hmm. where we could end up. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So in, 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 in the scheme of things, individuals start to realize that their rights are at stake. Yes. And they have to understand that, that it's, it's something to fight for and how to fight for it. A lot of us aren't wired that way. We look at things and say, okay, I have my rights. Okay, but did you mention your responsibilities that go with it? Mm, and we saw true. a lot of this with this past election. We saw a lot of this with, with other things that are going on out there. And so do we know how to put those two together and say, okay, I own the responsibility that perhaps I didn't live up to, okay. And now that I recognize that, live up to it, but now collectively together, all the individuals have to fight for their rights because this is a big voice. We're, we're, it, our mentality is in in the United States is we're individuals. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in the Marxist mantra, Mm -hmm. it's a collective. You're all slaves. You're all robots. You all work together to do the same thing. And that can be deceiving when you think well a democracy well yeah in a democracy that'll work in a constitutional republic like we're in we can we can put a stop to this yeah but we have to get up we have to get out of our comfort zone we have to realize that you know it's our rights and it's our responsibilities and we have to live up those responsibilities whatever that may be that is people so are not willing true. to sacrifice and do what you know what they're supposed yeah. to do. So, so true. Um, our time is getting away from us. We okay. do need to start wrapping up. We, I think, we're going to have to have you back on multiple yes. times because yes. there's so much more here that we could unpack on what we're talking about. Mm. But um, going back to the theme of today's show, the states' rights, federalism, and federal overreach, right? That's coming from Washington D.C. We put people there with our votes. We, in the collective sense, put people there with our votes. Uh, But this overreach is a growing problem against our individual freedoms, right? But if our individual freedoms aren't being protected by individuals, then, you know, they're going to go away. Uh, So it really is the core of it is the individual citizen who has to take the responsibility, as you said, to understand our rights and stand up for our rights and and vote accordingly and pass those things on to the next generation so that our state is representing us. And then that state then can stand up for uh, what we want as a state against the federal government. It's so simple. But it's so complicated. And, and do you think I'm on the right track when I paint it that way and I say that ultimately 
it does come down to each and every single person who's looking in the mirror. Me, Dan, you, everyone listening, it is up to each of us individually to do something to protect these rights. Cheryl, Dan, you guys are, are, are spot on. I'll, I'll use an example of something. My background, like I said, was in technology. I used to teach uh, computer and electrical diagnostics in systems in their application on transportation vehicles. That was, that's where I, I, uh, my background came out of. And in my electric class, when I taught my basic electrical class for students, I always had an opening line. And I said, I want you to note this down in your book and I wanna see if you remember it by the time you finish the course. The worst, most difficult, most challenging electrical problem you will ever encounter in this business will have the simplest solution. Mm. Okay, now that's an electro electrical, electronics. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it all over the place. People get frustrated. People get, you know, running to racking up the, the time bills and everything on, on, on getting the solution to an electrical problem and find out it's, oh, a simple thing. Was Whatever it, it may be. Electrical connection. Somebody That's forgot they... to plug in the cord to the wall. <laughs> I mean, you won't believe this. This has happened out there. So we have to look at the challenges that are frustrating us, are discouraging us, that are are weighing heavy on us, all these mm -hmm. things that are coming down through big government, mm -hmm. okay, that there is a simple solution. You know, we gave up as a federal legislature, we gave up our responsibility to legislate. Mm -hmm. We created agency and agency was originally supposed to be enforce the law. And now they've become in the last hundred years easily, uh, places that write laws, rules, enforce it and make judgment on you. Mm -hmm. IRS is a perfect example, you know? Exactly. And so we have all these things. So it's time to rein these in and bring them back to what they should be, something simple or something not necessarily at all. Absolutely. Okay. And this is going to take time, but we have to teach our successive generations about their rights and responsibilities individually and understand what states' rights and responsibilities are because they are two distinct things. They exist in our U.S. Constitution. They clearly identified what they are. Otherwise, you wouldn't have this 10th Amendment thing that, that legislators in, in respective states like to refer to. Well, it's my 10th Amendment right. Okay, well, that's fine. All right, but well, what is your responsibility that goes with it? Mm -hmm. You know, in our case here, speaking to the Second Amendment, we passed that uh, was uh, 2111. <clears throat> that was the one that uh, Leo Biasucci and a number of us co-sponsored with him. It's a nullification bill. It says if you pass anything, federal government, that violates our Constitution, okay, violates our right to our self-defense, <laughs> it's null and void, basically, is what it boils down to. Nobody the in the state, state of Arizona can comply with that. And the state has the power to do that, to tell the federal government that you're no. not going to enforce a law that we we have we have. Now the no. federal federal agents can come into our state and they can, you know, arrest a guy or you know, do whatever mm. they want to do. But the state sanctuary bill that Leo Biasucci that you're talking about, 2111, I believe what it is saying is that the state won't help, right? We're right. not going to use any funds. We're not going to use any manpower. We won't help the feds. Yeah. And it, it, it is something, right? It's not saying here's a, here's an iron wall and the feds can no longer enter our state. It's not that it's saying we aren't going to help. Yeah. We, we have to, we have to be in our respective domains. Now, yes. this brings to another point here, because this goes back to individual rights. And uh, I get a ton of emails, by the way, that, that speak to this, Mr. Carroll, do something, Mr. Carroll, do something, my rights are being violated, do something. Okay, and when, you know, like this vaccine mania, it's a perfect example. I mean, it's affected my family. I've watched, you know, my son-in-law and my, and my our daughter at odds over keeping their, their livelihood going. You know, how do we do this? Well, until you lose that livelihood, you haven't been harmed yet. You've just been threatened with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And 
so people have to understand is when you when you say, okay, I have a responsibility to defend my rights, what does that exactly mean? Well, the question you should be asking yourself is what are you willing to risk to defend your right? You only need to look back at the founders who put their wealth, their personal wealth, they put their families' lives, their lives, they put them all on a line and says, this is what I'm willing to risk to yeah. stand for my rights, my God-given rights. Yeah. And we don't have that necessarily inside of us to see it that way. We're the kind of people today that are instant gratification. Read a headline, don't read the details. We're the ones that I'm busy, I'm doing my job, don't bother me. I'm raising my kids, don't bother me. Yet the forces at work are violating us with regularity, with magnitude and capacity all of a sudden. And we're finding out that position of saying, don't bother me, whether you take care of it is not gonna fly. Right. Yeah. It's coming to get us. So are you willing to stand together? It's mm -hmm. like the vaccine mandate. You vaccinated people and you unvaccinated people. Are you willing to stand together and say, no, you can't force somebody to do it. Right. I chose to do it on my own and I chose not to. Exactly. You know, same thing with, with the firearms industry. I chose to have a gun, I chose not to. Okay, I chose to defend myself, I chose not to. That is a choice. Yeah. But we have to realize is to do that, we have to be willing to risk something here. And it's probably not what we think it is. It's not a phone call or an email to an, an office holder and say, here, it's my right being violated. This, that's a communication, that's just a notification. It's what are you willing to do? And I'll tell you something as a, as a representative, I will stand with you guys if you will stand with me mm -hmm. for this. This is what this is about, right? Mm -hmm. But just saying here, Carol, go take care of it. Not quite. And we see that in, right. in little forms, like let's say well a, a, yes, very well said, but a company that let's say they are anti-gun. Mm -hmm. but they were convenient. We like the drink, the slushy they make. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, I'm never going to have a slushy from that company ever in my life again, because they're anti-gun. Then a week later, you go, I really want a slushy. And you go buy that slushy. You know, you're not even willing to commit to not doing that mm -hmm. as a, as a sign to show represent. But I want to tell you what Frank's trying to say to you, Cheryl, mm -hmm. is that all of the citizens need to be plugged in. Absolutely. We're not plugged in. Absolutely. And taking it back to what you were talking about with this BlackRock is, man, we really like those returns on that BlackRock investment fund. So maybe we'll turn a blind eye to the fact that it's actually fueling our, our competitor nation's economy rather than our own. Right. You know, maybe we need to, to say, well, I'll take, I'll take a fewer returns on the, on the front end because there's such such incredible returns on the back end that I am supporting my own nation and the people that that do commerce here. Um, but it is hard. It is hard. Yeah. And when you try to compare it to what our founding fathers and mothers did, they fought, bled, starved, and died. Yes. For yes. for the chance that they might possibly be able to fight off the most powerful military force on the planet at the time. And put quill to parchment yeah, they, and write. They fought and died, recipe. and some of them didn't even get to see the freedom that they created. Exactly. And yeah. when you compare it to that, it's like ah, some different returns on your investment fund. Ah, maybe it's not such a big deal. You know. Well, I, want to, I want to believe when they when they got up there and met Saint Peter, they got an attaboy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amen, to that. You know, Frank, Amen the, to that. These people that are doing the complaining stuff, they won't even take the time to send you a message. Mm. Or make a oh, call some do. That's, I know some that, do. That's their that's their that's their fulfillment of their responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I was an advocate because I wrote to Frank Carroll today. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. quite work that way. It's all the world's Our, problem, and it's all Carroll's fault. It's kind of like <laughs> that, what's that movie set thing with the handgun? Now the handgun is responsible for the crime oh, it committed. Right. Yeah. Okay, it there we go. <laughs> somehow magically fired itself <laughs> off. Yeah, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, uh, to quote a commercial. All right, we have got to wrap up and get out of here for today, but- uh, We have to have you back on. We do, and right. we, we haven't even, thank you. We haven't even mentioned yet that you are going to be running for a different office than what you currently hold now. 
And so uh, tell folks how they can find out more about uh, what office that is, how they can support, whether they're here in the state of Arizona or somewhere across the nation, because we're talking to people all over, actually the world, wherever there's internet, we have viewers and listeners. Um, you know, how can people, you know, hear more, care more about our American values uh, and the work that you're doing and, and who can support and how can they support your candidacy? Okay, That's a, this one I got to do in 25 words or less, right? Kind of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you just use ten, and you right. just use ten words. <laughs> number number one is, with respect to the current office that I'm in as a House member, you have my my email and my phone number for my office. The phone number is 602-926-3249, and the email is fcarroll at azledge.gov, and that's business of the people. That's what you go with. As far as running for the Senate, it is the Arizona Senate. I'm running for the upper chamber. Um, obviously, redistricting is in front of us, but let's not digress into that. The point is, is I'm running for the Senate. Uh, to serve our districts, serve our people just as well as I can do. I'm not in this for a career. I'm here to do a job and do it right. And you can reach me at myvotecarol.com. And my campaign is Vote Frank Carroll. I just keep it simple. And uh, when you go to the site, there's a PO box there. There's been some little hiccups with uh, PayPal and banking, coincidentally. Oh, <laughs> but I'm Don't working on it. We'll get that resolved. <laughs> you know, but I can use the financial help. I'm running traditional. I'm not doing the clean elections because clean elections I found to be something I just in good conscience can't participate in. And, and uh, so you clean. can ask me about that if you like. And, uh, and if you want to reach me outside of the legislature, it's um, frank at myvotecarol.com. And if you just write me an email, just tell me what's on your mind, who you are, uh, I will respond to you as I can get to it. Be patient because uh, there's periods where several hundred emails a day come in and there's periods where it's like everybody forgot who I was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, they won't after this interview, so be watching your inbox. Frank, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for being a constitutionalist and caring about what our founding fathers and mothers fought, bled, starved, and died to secure for us and for all future generations. And uh, we will definitely be checking back in with you. Looking forward to it. Let's, uh, like I said, if you're my next door neighbor, let's do another barbecue. <laughs> and <laughs> sure. I look forward to it. anytime you like, just just reach out and, and we'll get together and talk. And I know I'm going to see you at other other events that are going on here in Arizona. Yeah. Absolutely. We all know the, the best people that we get to hang out with. So, yes, all right, indeed. Frank, thank you so much. We will talk yeah. soon. God, God bless you guys. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye-bye. It's, you know, it's so simple, but it's so it's complicated. Not, right. You it's know? sort of like probably talking to a wife. <laughs> you know, you it's, want something. It's so simple. It's but we're so simple, is but it's so to... complicated. <laughs> Seriously. It, it is a great analogy. See, he used electronics, you know, yeah. electronics are gears and gadgets and blinking lights and, and, you know, USB ports and so on and so forth. But Oh, you just got to plug it into the, oh, now it's fixed. Oh, I get, it. you got to turn the on switch on now. It's Actually, fixed. we've been married a long time and we do communicate very well, but there was times and that there it was, will be again. it was always will simple, be. but very difficult. Very this, this, the way it is, you know, um, so I, I respect that. And I know that he, uh, he's working hard and he is a constitutionalist and he, you know, respects the second amendment and, um, uh, I just pray that he can get through this. Absolutely. Uh, and the, the banking bill, I do think it's going to look and sound a little bit different than uh, last year's. And I'm very eager to um, see the draft and see how he's going to write it. Because even last year when he wrote it, I was thinking, you know, but this is a state bill and most banks are federal. So yeah, but it's like but our they have you know, to follow state laws Arizona too, or they, they don't get the right to be here. I mean, they can kick them out of the state, but you know what? The banking part of it is a teeny little bit of, mm -hmm. for the gun industry. Cause you know what the biggest problem with the gun industry is? Mm -hmm. 
insurance. Mm -hmm. Insurance went 18 years, two incidences. Mm -hmm. My insurance went from $6,000 a month, or $6,000 a year, to over $15,000 a year. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. Not because I didn't have a claim for four years. Right. Just because they could. Yeah. They don't like the idea uh, to be associated right. with guns. With guns. Oh my! Right. right. Uh, but if we weren't so, associated with guns, do you think that our founding fathers and mothers could have fought off the right. most powerful military force right. on the planet? And right. somehow we've gone from realizing that they are a, a normal household tool, you know, that that every home used for, to put food on the table and right it was a tool it's no more away. than a knife in your drawer or right? a hammer and, you know, so we whatever. went from understanding that to now being like all clutching our pearls and yeah. oh dear oh my gosh right. he said the word gun oh yeah. not the vapors yeah. so anyway well we do have to get out of here that was a very very uh deep and impactful conversation with Arizona State Representative Frank Carroll, who is going to be running for the Senate, State Senate. Um, and we definitely have to have him back on because there's so much more yeah. there that I wanted to dig into. And I just didn't kept watching the clock and, and realizing that we needed to wrap up. But uh, if you want to uh, watch that uh, over again, or if you've missed any portion of any of our shows uh, and you like to see the video version, we have, if wherever there's internet, we have viewers of the video version of our, our shows. You can go to YouTube or GunStreamer or the Opsland smartphone app. When you go to YouTube and GunStreamer, please, as a favor to us, as a Christmas gift to us, please subscribe. We have been an audio show much longer, a radio show much longer than we've had a video portion. And so we don't have a lot of subscribers and we want YouTube to know that we matter. <laughs> The content, the subject matter experts that we bring on here are things that you care about um, and that we do matter. And so please not only subscribe, but with your pinky lifted ever so delicately, press the notifications button because then you will be notified of all of the new content that we put up over the years. Um, also, if you just like to listen to the audio only because you're out for a bike ride or you know a long car ride or you're out doing your Christmas shopping or whatever, and you just like to have your little earbud in, uh, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listens to your heart's content. Well, you looked almost just like me. Darling. Said that, darling. Uh, and if you like to see video uh, photographs and links and um, bios to all of the guests, not just Frank Carroll that we've had on, uh, go to the guest tab on our website. Well, thank you so much to our amazing guest, uh, Arizona State Representative Frank Carroll, and his name is C-A-R-R-O-L-L. -L. Um, make sure I'm saying yes. that right. And so when he says, uh, you know, myvotecarol.com, be sure you've got that spelling correct. So thank you so much, Frank. Thank you to all of our amazing listeners all over the planet. Um, what we do here matters because it matters to you. You take these conversations around your dinner tables and in your um, carpools. Yeah, get everybody plugged in. Get everybody plugged in. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you. All right. Until next time. We're going to pray. Pray for what? Our then? leaders, our nation, Absolutely. our world, Absolutely. our leaders, mm -hmm. even the ones. Even the ones we well, don't like. I like, I, I like, but I said leaders, didn't I? What did yes, I say? Because representatives. They represent in, us. It's true. But there are people, even if you're not thinking about in politics, there are people in leadership positions. Let's pray for them. Okay. Right? Because they impact our youth. They impact yeah. our institutions. Right. right? But what about the few out there that maybe you don't like But much? the guy in Canada that yeah. controls Canada, is he a leader? He is he's an a leader. elected representative. Ah, no, he's a leader. Representative? He's not a representative. He's definitely not. Is Frank Carroll a representative? Yes. And he's a representative, mm -hmm. but he's also a representative of the people. But yeah, Trudeau so we can't, I, we like can't call them leaders. I think that's a wrong name for them. You can't well, call them leaders. At any rate. We'll talk about it later. Are we going to pray for them? 
we have to go through that whole thing again? Yes. Okay. And, and what if we don't right, like you know what? Do we pray we, for we, him anyway? Yes. We're going to pray Maybe for him. Maybe especially. Anyway. Especially. Pray for the leaders. <laughs> pray for the communist thinking people out here. Pray for everybody. Exactly. Just pray for everybody. Uh, all right, gang. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. And God, God bless. bless. Bye-bye.